What's up, everybody? Ryan E. Text Metal Podcast, and this is Locked in a Closet. What's up, everybody? Ryan, ATX Metal Podcast. Today, we are going to call some of the folks that help us do what we do, and we help them do what they do. Uh, we're, today, we're going to call Brian from Ultramind. So here we go. Let's see if he picks up. Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. We're uh, we're recording, and uh, like I like I told everybody listening, we are. I'm locked in the closet. I don't know about you, since it's quarantine season, and uh, I mean, literally, I'll take a picture and send it to you. But I'm literally in a closet in my house, set up right now. That is epic, man. So as everybody knows, we are on quarantine season. Uh, the administration has pushed it out to, I believe, April 30th now. Is that right, Brian? I think so. Something like that. And so what we're going to do is over the next, I guess, month, I'm going to call as many people as I can, probably talk to two a day and then push out the episode. But let's go ahead and dive into it. Today, we have Brian from Ultramind. They are a three-piece instrumental group. We've known, I personally have known Brian for years now. Um, I feel like they are an up-and-coming band. I know Brian and the gang are a little humble, um, which everybody should be in their own right. But these guys are really, really good. They've been setting up for... Brian, how long you guys been uh, preparing for the release? Well, um, I guess since we started, really, which was back in um, October of 2017, so about two and a half years. Wow, so you got... And you, and you guys haven't even played a show yet, is that correct? I mean, we've only played one technically, but it was um, it was like a debut, like private show at Cameron's storage unit where he does his drum lessons and stuff. And we actually had like maybe seven, ten people out there. It was actually cool. But, <laughs> you guys had a house <laughs> party. That, you guys had a house party yeah. in a storage unit. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it was just to kind of kind of show people like a you know a sneak peek of like you know, as of yet to be recorded stuff, which has since been recorded. I mean, pretty much the whole album is done at this point. I mean, save a couple, you know, like trivial seats here and there. And, uh, we should be, uh, I mean, we're at this point in the process, we're pretty much, uh, I mean, we're really lucky, honestly, just because most everything is done. I mean, at this point we can just send it off because our producer is remote. Um, I believe in Tennessee, so, um, we can just send our stems out there. Um, they get reamped mixed mastered and then sent back to us and then you know the process you know goes on for you know two or three mixes until you know it is where everybody likes it and from there we just upload to district and release so we're uh we're actually pretty unaffected by this but it's uh i'm, I'm glad that you know if covid was ever going to happen i'm glad it happened now <laughs> versus you know when we're in the middle of our writing process the answer should be we hope it would have never happened ever 
but right and yeah i mean but you know well, let's uh, let's uh, so we're going to break this up into two parts. First, I want to go over how you personally are are being affected, um, um, and you can go into as much detail as you'd like, um, or as little as detail. It's all up to you. Um, and then we'll jump over to uh, band. So you are what 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 it can describe what you do um, for a day job and how the quarantine sessions have been affecting you and your work and your personal life in general. Well, um, personally, I work at a software company, um, like a procurement software company. So that being said, um, pretty much everything I do is completely remote. So I've just been staying home and, uh, it's been pretty much the same from there. Um, our meetings are done via like Google Hangouts and stuff like that. So, I mean, pretty much everything else in my life is the same way too, even with band stuff, you know, um, everything has just migrated to, um, you know, video chatting and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I just have food stocked up. I mean, I stay indoors. Um, I think the biggest change for me has been like the last few days I've actually been totally home alone, you know, cause I think it's a good idea. And if I'm going to hang out with anybody else, like I should probably ask them where they've been and what they're doing. But that's true. I mean, as far as my job is concerned, like, pretty much smooth sailing. Like we've actually had a pretty decent influx of uh, clients in the last few days. So, I mean, doesn't look like the, you know, the government bid sector is slowing down anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah. We, uh, we here at the podcast, um, we've kind of just taken a break. We're, I guess kind of like you guys, you know, we can kind of do the majority of our stuff remotely, but you know, since we added video to the mix a little over a year ago, uh, it's kind of hard. Like I had, seven weeks worth of interviews, in-person interviews at our studio scheduled. And we had to cancel every single one of them on top of, we had four live streaming gigs set up between dirty dog and come and take it. And because of all of this, we had to cancel it. So we've just been retooling. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've just been retooling re kind of like, you know, to use a lack of better words, you know, reamping and retooling all of our stuff. Uh, so like I said, I'm here in the, <laughs> here in the closet, just talking to folks. Um, so as far as, as far as our impact, what we're trying to do is make sure that everybody understands, you know, that you know, everybody's affected in a different way, you know, personally and through the band stuff. Um, but you sound like you're doing, you said you guys sound like you're doing pretty good because most of your stuff is remote anyway. Um, so what do you think the biggest dent in your, um, music, musical, uh, profession has, or, or I'm sorry, what has taken the biggest hit in your music side of life? Well, definitely the gig side, but, um, I mean, at this point, Ultramind is in the process of learning the songs cause we just pretty much are finishing up the album now. So now we're starting to dig through the songs and, you know, figure those out. And that's going to take at least four to six months. And the thing about um, wow. the video chatting. Yeah. I mean, it, cause it's a, it's a pretty gnarly set. I mean, Oh my God. So it's going to take a lot of work just to get it like to where we want it. So we're not just, so we don't look like idiots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, uh, and, uh, thank you for taking the time to not look like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we couldn't live with ourselves, but, um, yeah. So, um, me and Doug have just been video chatting like literally every Monday and Thursday. Um, and we've been hammering out riffs just through the phone. It's been pretty easy and 
we're going to start doing, you know, guitar pro taps too. We both have GP five software. So that makes it also really easy. Um, what's a, sorry and, to interrupt, uh, but what's, what's GT five software? Uh, guitar pro five. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think six is actually the newer one. I'm, I'm kind of out of date, but I mean, either way, I mean, five is still pretty good. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I guess it just depends on how, you know, the lockdown lasts. It depends on what happens as a result of the virus in general. I mean, the effects could be, um, I mean, it's completely up in the air. It could be a few months from now, things open up. It could be maybe two years from now. Who knows? I mean, so other than that, I mean, I guess we have an indeterminate amount of time to work on our set. So, (laughs) I mean, hopefully by the time this is done, we'll be really good at it. So we can just start gigging out the gates. <laughs> just out the box, just killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like two years, guys. Two years. Like, yeah, it only, anyway. it only took us two years. Um, so I mean no, yeah. go, go ahead. Oh no, that, that that's pretty much it. Um so the one thing that I really dig about uh Altermind is it's kind of like one of these best kept secrets in Austin. And I know that you guys have a very large social media profile um between like your your Instagram uh, uh videos like that's kind of one of the things that I look forward to when I go on Instagram, whether it's for me just personally or whether I'm going on for the podcast. But whenever I, I like, I find myself gravitating to your guys's Instagram. Um, what, what do you guys, what do you guys do for your page as far as like constant content or the type of content that you guys post? Um, like the band page or just our respective individual pages or all of it? Uh, I mean, I guess you could go through all of it. I was primarily speaking about uh, the Alter Mind as a band, but I know that you guys have your own individual profiles and do like guitar playthroughs and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, you could just talk about, you can kind of touch on all of it. Well, yeah, because I mean, it is all kind of interconnected, you know, like in the process of me and Doug uh, building our Instagrams together, um, that kind of served as like it had like a dual purpose you know that that material could also be posted on ultramind at any given time whatever we wanted um and then also there's you know ultramind specific stuff you know be it artwork or you know just anything you know professional photographs or you know whatever we want to put up there you know um but yeah i mean the individual instagrams really do honestly help fuel the band instagram if uh, i mean honestly cameron i mean he's the main reason we did all this Instagram stuff. I mean, whenever I met him back in 2015, I think he had like 10 K followers and he, he, you know, he worked wow. it all the way up to about, you know, 30 K. Um, and yeah, I mean about four years of work. I mean, I guess that's <laughs> what it'll do for you. But <laughs> anyways, um, when me and Doug joined, you know, forces with cam, we kind of realized, you know, we needed to be in that same playing field. So me and Doug each spent a year doing it together. Um, but you know, by the time that was all done, um, between the three of us, me, Doug and Cam, we all have like years of backlogs of materials, you know? I mean, so when it comes to, you know, having content for a band Instagram, I'd say maybe 50 to 70% of it is just stuff of our, stuff of our own, you know? And then okay. maybe the other 30 to 50% would be like, you know, band related stuff, which, you know, comes and goes in the whole process, you know, with artwork and, you know, like I said, right. So, um, whenever, uh, I know, I know that it's easy for you and Doug to, uh, 
get down and practice and whatnot. But how do you guys incorporate drums into this? Like what is cam doing? Cause that's, that's the hardest part I would think, uh, especially doing remotes and doing any kind of like, um, you know, personal stuff to get pushed onto, uh, the social media platforms. Um, what, what is, what, what, what is cam doing drum wise? Um, to, to get, to get the, to get his content out to, to, I guess, to stay relevant or to stay on topic, so to say. Well, um, that's where the storage unit really comes in handy because I mean, the place is pretty isolated, you know, and, um, he just goes in there and he has like two, anywhere from two to four drum kits at a time in there, you know, I mean, he shares it with maybe one or two other people too. And, uh, you know, they, um, they just can video each other. Cam can video himself. Um, he's got some mics set up, so he, you know, we'll do a live performance of his drums and record the video and the audio, um, the audio on like a DAW, um, and the video via, you know, a camera. Right. And then, you know, you do an audio video sync and, um, I think Cam mixes it in. I, I'm not really quite sure on those specifics, but either way, he's able to, you know, put out his content from his storage unit, just video, audio, whatever he wants. And as far as band stuff is concerned, um, Cam actually has like this really cool stuff. Like he has a guitar programming software and drum programming software. So he can write his ideas on his own, like to a MIDI grid that like simulates the sound. And then he can send it to Doug or me and then we can learn it and, or rearrange it, you know, and then send it back, um, things like that. Um, so that's MIDI is pretty much like the, I guess the, uh, what's the word, like the method of transfer between all of us. Um, and you know, from there, I mean, so you, email. so you guys, I mean, in all honesty, you guys really aren't too affected, um, by the quarantine sessions. Um, not really. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there is the lack of in-person stuff. And, uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, we can continue on functionally for sure, especially given where like we're done with pretty much the bulk of our writing. And at this point we're mostly learning and sharpening our skills. So, I mean, you know, I, I feel like if all of us isolate enough, there will be a certain point if the quarantine keeps going that we could just all meet together, you know, and, and, you know, trust one another at least, you know, through this process and, you know, continue working on our stuff. But yeah, no, I mean, and hopefully this stuff, you know, goes well, as good as it can. Use the term well loosely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know what's going on right now. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look at my, uh, I'm going to look at my updated list right now, just while we're talking on, uh, but we're not technically live. This is pre-recorded, but I'm looking at this in real time. Um, so right now, as it stands, uh, in the U S confirmed cases is 206,207. That is, uh, is that a six or an eight? That is 16,000 more confirmed cases today. Yesterday was 25,000 confirmed cases, which the day's not over, so that number still might rise. Uh, and the death toll in America is 4,542. That is up from, for, uh, let's see, yesterday was 1,036, and today is 466. That's just the U.S. In the world, we are just shy of a million confirmed cases. Um, this, man, this, this, I'm not going to say this came out of nowhere, uh, I know that we had the H1N1 uh, virus back when uh, Mr. Barack was in, and then we had a boat. We actually just kind of got off the, the the back end of Ebola from from uh, Africa, and now this pops up. Um, you are a scientist of sorts, correct? 
Well, of sorts, yeah. I know that you're not an epidemiologist or an ER doctor, but but you do have some some scientific background. Um, is there anything in your background that correlates over to this to help you better understand it and possibly pass on a better message or better understanding to people that are, you know, layman's terms kind of kind of folks? You know what I mean? I guess uh, since I'm, I mean, I'm an engineer, uh, but I guess the big overlap here would be mathematics really, because when it comes to virology and epidemiology and stuff like that, you know, versus, you know, engineering trends and stuff. And, you know, like, for example, I was a petroleum engineer. And so we would do a lot of like pressure field simulation, which would be like a, uh, essentially a differential equation that describes how, um, pressure passes through, um, a porous medium essentially, which is like a rock with fluid okay. vacuoles. Right. So, we would basically one thing we realized like in the mathematical classes is that like these equations, like the equations that describe pressure flow through, um, you know, like oils and hydrocarbons. Okay. They're very similar to equations that describe like heat through a metal rod. Right. And it's amazing. Like the stark similarities between so many different laws in nature. Right. So that being said, I mean, exponential growth is something that engineers see all the time. Well, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> well, exponential mathematics, right? And so I think that's the one thing that I would want to pass on is do not underestimate the power of exponences, especially with a virus that's airborne, because I believe this is airborne, aerosolized for at least hours in the air. Yeah. So if you walk inside of a gas station where some dude who didn't know he had it, like sneezed and you have these like little germs floating around by the cash register like two hours after he left. That's all it takes really. And you know, that being said with the power of exponential math, I mean, this stuff, I mean, the, the only way to really understand exponential math is to like understand the term doubling life. Doubling life is like everything. It's like a half life of decay except the reciprocal, right? So yeah, the, in, the, the, in, the inverse, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, I watched a video on like, people tracking cell phone signals from the Florida spring breakers and that stuff within a matter of days spread half like the entire like Eastern half of the U S from like, you know, the Louisiana, Louisiana purchase line or whatever was just like everything had contact. So it's like people have to understand that like these things are very interconnected and that's what's happening right now. And I don't think, you know, in America, the last 80 years, we haven't really had any events that have really rattled us enough to where we respect and understand this about nature, you know? And so this is, I think doing that to us. And so we can't really afford things like that, you know, like mistakes, like spring break. I mean, good Lord, Mardi Gras. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable yeah. in my I, opinion, you know? And yeah, I, I was, so I, I, I don't No, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, but anyways, yeah. I mean, the, in the, 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 you know, the thing that's scary about all this is the fact that, um, when, when you have like a big resource shortage, you know, human relations are going to go down always. Nobody's ever going to be cooperating over the last loaf of bread ever. That's never how this works because our brain stems are crafted by hundreds of millions of years of brutal evolution. Uh, <laughs> See, this is, this is why, you know, this is survive. why I wanted you as the first, the first guest on the uh, locked in the closet sessions. Cause I knew that you would bring a, kind of Darwinian evolutionary kind of vibe to this. And I greatly appreciate it because that's, I think that's what we need right now. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of taking the emotions out of it. I'm just like understanding what I know about science. This is what I see. And here's the thing is 
you know, I don't think the virus is the real danger here. I think we are the danger to ourselves. And um, I could agree there. I, you know, all the, all this being said, you know, when people start fighting, I mean, I personally think it's possible to expect conflict erupting on all scales from, you know, people at grocery store lines or even, you know, if triage medicine starts happening, if it gets bad enough and ventilators, it's just a huge jam in medical supplies. We're going to have to start choosing who lives and dies. People are not going to react well to that, especially in America because of, you know, a lot of things. But I mean, you know, that's just terrible. So, you know, people are going to start losing their minds and, you know, so we're talking about domestic troubles inside of the states. We're talking about international troubles. even. I mean, just mm -hmm. so that's why it's really important we mitigate this now because the snowball effect, the butterfly effect is unbelievable. I mean, I, I think people have only been thinking in terms of the virus. They haven't been thinking about like grand you know, like scale this. leverage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the world's a tinderbox right now. You know, it'd be one thing if this happened in 96, you know, between 9-11 and the fall of the uh, Soviet Union. That, that was one of the most peaceful times in history. And maybe we could handle it with more cooperation then, but this is now. You know, I did, I did see, I did see this one. Cause I mean, right now with the level of valid information and then the level of invalid misinformation, like you really have to do your homework on some, like if you see a meme come across your newsfeed or an Instagram or wherever, like you can't just take that at face value. And I really think, and I'm not going to shit on the Trump administration right now. I mean, even though I could, and a lot of people want to, but I mean, the amount of misinformation that has been spewed in the last three and a half years to where you have to not only trust, but verify, then re-verify, then send it to a friend to let them verify and do their homework. And then it makes its full circle and come back and everybody goes, yep, that's that, that those are real numbers. Whereas, you know, back in the day, we used to just take it at face value, click share, and then keep on moving. But I mean, personally, um, I, man, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but I think that everything that has happened in the past three and a half years is kind of good. I know some people are going to disagree with me, but I know for a fact that I have upped my research game. I've upped my kind of validation game because whenever I go to share something, like if I want to get a point across or I want people to know something for some, uh, for example, Chris is, has really kind of buried this into my head is don't just read the headline, like, click, share. It's click the article, read the whole thing. You don't, I mean, you can speed read it, but take a, take an excerpt. That's very important. Like, uh, for example, I did something the other day where one of the Georgia senators who sold off millions of dollars worth of stocks right before the stock market crashed. Then she went and put her money into a company that makes fucking surgical masks. Tell me how that is not illegal, right? I understand that it's in a blind trust and you don't make your own, you know, what at your own, uh, your own calls, but to the American people, like no one has a million plus dollars in stocks, the average Joe, and they don't have inside information like on Senate Intel committee or a coronavirus briefing days before they make announcements. So they have the liberty to go and do stuff like this to better themselves after during and after whatever pandemic or whatever is happening. Um, so I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to get to is even though the world is a mess right now and it's on fucking fire, everyone needs to do their due diligence in 
heeding the information from their state, the local, state, and federal governments. I know, you know, a lot of people out there are like, yo, fuck the government, you know, this, that, and the other. But in all seriousness, like you said, going to the gas station, some guy coughs, puts his card on the on the on the counter, picks it up and then moves on. Then you put your hand where that card is. I mean, it's crazy how viruses are spread. I mean, you're fighting something that you can't even see and you don't know that you have until a week later. So it's just it's it's mind boggling, Brian. Like it really it's scary at the same time, but also from a personal and I guess scientific standpoint, it's really neat. And I know some people are going to disagree with that, but if you look at it for what it's worth, this thing has taken over the entire world in a matter of three months, two months, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, we are witnessing a statistical anomalies for, so, you know, from that perspective, we are lucky and unlucky at the same time, I guess, just depends on how you look at it. Well, I, I can only, I can only, you know, speak for myself and my family. Uh, Yesterday was my daughter's seventh birthday. Um, I think I have something for that. Hey, <laughs> but, um, but happy birthday. Yeah. She's, she just walked in with a jar of salsa and she was like, is this mine? And I was like, yeah, get the fuck out. <laughs> but, um, but man, it, it, it's, uh, you know, because in downtime like this, where I have half of my work schedule cut because I'm, I'm a mechanic and we went, we went from five days of work per week. Now we're down to one week is two, two days. And the, I'm sorry, one week is, yeah, it's three and three. So it's like two on, two off, two on, two off. But in a 12 day period, you're only working six days. And even while I'm at work, like I'm wearing gloves, I'm washing my hands all the time, but I still go out, you know, I still, I still face the, you know, the daily travels to the grocery store, the gas station, Lowe's, you know, but I do keep my distance and whatnot. Are you, when you go out, what are your, uh, what are your tactics to survive? Well, um, I just try to be very conscious of what my hand's doing. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, if I have gloves, I'll wear them or I'll use my shirt to like open doors or grab, you know, things. Um, I really, really hate touching like debit card terminals right now. Um, <laughs> but I have to. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, no, and no one likes know. cash because cash is, more, is one of the most circulated things in the world. God. Ugh, that's uh, probably better just to get the cash out of an ATM. Just go from there. But I mean, even then, I mean, who's to say that, that cash hasn't been. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh. Like, and it's weird. Like I was going through my pile of SD cards today to format them for this thing. Every single one of them stamped made in China. And I was just like, well, do I need to get the Clorox solution for this? Nah, I'm good. I've had this for years. But I do think, I do think, um, that a new level of awareness is going to, if it hasn't already sweep the nation and the, and the globe, because, there's things that we take for granted every single day. And I know that there's arguments out there like, well, the coronavirus has only killed X amount of people. We lose more people to opioids or uh, suicide or natural disasters. And it's like, okay, yeah, if, if you know, look how we all came together on this. I know that there's still arguments like the Democrats were trying to like shove some stuff in there for like the Kennedy Senator, I'm sorry, Kennedy Center and um, some other stuff that I really didn't quite understand. I didn't read the bill that they proposed fully because it was fucking huge. I think it was like over a thousand pages. Um, but I mean, it, it, 
it just goes to show what we can accomplish when everybody is unified. And, you know, it's the one thing I learned in the Marine Corps was uh, this one thing, or I learned a lot, but the one thing stuck with me is there are power in numbers. And if one guy goes into the boss and says, Hey, this is messed up. He can just dismiss that one employee. But when a hundred employees come to the boss and say, this is messed up, he has to address it. So going forward, do you think that the nation as a whole will kind of come together a little bit more on social problems, such as like healthcare, um, schools, business, or anything like that? Um, well, we're going to have to one way or another. So, um, even if we don't want to, or even if we want to, you know, I mean, I, I feel like America is very divided in general, you know, just in the last decade. I mean, God, you know, I mean, compare that to, you know, America during the world wars, you know, I mean, America was so like culturally unified and, um, obviously those times in history had their downfalls. Right. But I mean, one thing is for sure that everybody, you know, felt a sense of like purpose and unity, you know, um, and that's, that's pretty cool, you know, and, and I, I would hope to see that again. I just, um, I just know it's not the same America now. And, and I, I think that for us to reawaken that spirit, we're going to have to suffer, you know, that's just kind of how privilege works, right? Like to really understand why people were that way back in the day. It's like, well, they were, you know, we didn't, they didn't have the privileges that we do now. And, and True. so I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah, from suffering, nobility can emerge. So I, I would say eventually, yes, that same spirit can can come you know to fruition but um i don't know it's uh gonna take pain first i think personally and uh we're we're gonna see it that's for sure i mean um the day is long from over and we already have sixteen thousand cases yesterday was 25k i mean i i see us hitting at least 25k today i mean it's just it's gonna cost a lot um and like i said you know the unforeseen consequences like war maybe who knows you know, so, I mean, I, I hope that's not what it takes, but um, I guess we'll just see. Yeah. I mean, from a military standpoint, um, I, I I can see the possibility of a war breakout in some type of multiverse or something like, um, I mean, shutting down economies is one thing, but shutting down economies and then having, you know, hostile uh, hostile things happen, you know, whether it's a skirmish in Iran or something in some other country. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very plausible. And, you know, I mean like gun stores, there's, there was one state where a, where a governor deemed gun stores and people that sell guns and ammunition as an essential, uh, job versus like healthcare and automotive. So it's, it's just crazy to see how the different States are taking this, um, at, at, at their own pace, you know, like Florida, like you said, the spring breakers came out and you can track cell phone maps, which actually Russia, uh, wildly enough, kind of on the same lines of like China surveillance kind of thing. Uh, we all know Russia is, is pretty much a dictatorship. I mean, it, let's just say what it is or that and authoritarianism or, or whatever the term is that Putin's running over there. Um, but basically the way that they're tracking people is let's just say I have the virus and I go in and I'm scanned and then I get healed or, or, or something to that effect. But I have been marked as a, um, a statistic. And then you have you, let's just say you, you are clean, free, you clean bill of health. You're out the door in Russia. Um, they are putting apps on their phones so they can track them 
in the event that other people get sick, because then they can say, well, we thought he was good. He visited here, here, and here. And now there's three cases in each of these spots. We need to stop this person and get them back. A, I think that's really cool using technology to do that. But B, invasion of privacy? Question mark? Yeah. How do you see that? Yeah. I see both and they're equally valid. Um, I, I think, yeah, part of me feels the, the yang, like the, the, wow, yeah, they can actually do a lot of good this way. And then the yin is like, you know, the invasion aspect, the corruptibility aspect, um, yeah. you know, things like that. Cause I mean, you can never, you can never trust humans to use that technology respectfully. <laughs> we're, we're human. I mean, know? I don't even, I don't even trust, you know, Apple maps on my phone sometimes. Cause I get these ads that pop. It's wild. It's really wild how technology has transformed the way in which we live on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Brian, I greatly appreciate your uh, phone call today and uh, I wish you the best in the going months, which, you know, could go from two months to four months to six months. I mean, like you said, doubling, right? <laughs> Oh God, doubling. But um, what do you guys? Uh, let's just let's just round out the the, the interview. Um, what is Altermind doing in the near future? Meaning three to six month range. Well, um, mostly just uh, getting our set down and releasing our album. Um, at that point, if all goes, you know, optimistically, we should be you know out and out and about in gigs and you know the next six months or so. I can't wait, man. I, I, I seriously, I think I mentioned it to you, maybe Cam, like I can't wait, um, for your guys' first live performance, whether it's at Dirty Dog or Texas Mist or come and take it, or, I mean, throw a dart and hit a map because I know as soon as we come off this quarantine shows are going to be out the wazoo. And the only thing that I feel bad about is that not everybody is going to have the money that they normally have to help support these local artists. So if you could give one message to fans of alter mine or fans in general, how can people support the bands in a time like this where money is tight, they can't go to a show and all that they have is whatever is going on in their personal space. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, we just had a very successful crowdfunding campaign, so... Oh, uh, yeah, you did. I fucking put money down on that. I need my shirt, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing is we'll be getting, uh, we'll be getting all, the, uh, all the merch out for everybody. And so I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the fans have already done so much for us as is. But, I mean, if there's, if there's anything anybody wanted to do, I guess it would just be, you know, stay tuned. Just keep watching our stuff and, you know, we'll put out an album pretty soon and you guys are hopefully going to love it. And so I guess all I can say is, um, if you like what you see, if you like what you hear, just keep on listening. (laughs) (laughs) Just turn it up. Keep on listening. Drown out all the crazies. Yep. (laughs) Them streams. Yeah. Yeah. Stream. I think I honestly, I think that's, that's the way to go right now. I mean, we have our, uh, Oh, I have a phone call. I don't even know who that is. Um, we have a, uh, Texas metal playlist on our Spotify that is built out of only Texas metal. I found a random one in there that wasn't in, in, uh, in Texas. I don't know how they got in there, but, um, as far as I'm concerned, I typically just leave my computer running with the Spotify 
up and going either that or Apple music or Pandora, whichever one I'm listening vibing to that day, because I know that you guys get a fraction of a penny or whatever for every stream. So that's how I am personally supporting the bands, uh, you know, obviously to include interviews like this, but I know that that puts money in your pocket. So in a time like this, I think one of the easiest ways to help support bands that you like, or just bands in general, or people that play music, it doesn't even matter. Stream, stream their stuff on whatever platform you, you, uh, you seem worthy of streaming. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, this, uh, this is, uh, this is the end, man. Well, not the end, but the end of our conversation. Hey, well, uh, I had a good time. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And, uh, be healthy. <laughs> Wash your fucking hands, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh man. Well, Brian, I thank you so much, man. And I look forward to all that, uh, Alter Mine is getting ready to put out. I know you guys are really grinding. You guys have massive support and you guys are extremely talented. And whenever you guys, uh, whenever all of this is over, we'll get you guys over in the studio, have a little sit down with all three of you. And, uh, I look forward to, um, honestly, man, like I am really pumped when you guys are ready to play. So let me know. Cause I want to host it. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, you'll be one of the first and, uh, well, well, yeah, should be within, honestly, I mean, we're already getting songs back and sending them off, you know, so <laughs> it's going to be right around the corner. All right, brother. We'll take care. And, uh, I'll see you, um, I'll see you on the socials. Yes, sir. You have a great day. All right. Later, bud. Later. Hello. I'm calling to tell you that your Amazon account is uh, past due. Would you like to make payment? Negative. Okay. Have... <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Just fucking stuck at home, doing a whole lot of uh, nothing. All right, so everybody listening right now, this is uh, CJ of Bury the Rod. He also is the vocalist of uh, Chernobyl The Secret. But today we're going to talk about Bury the Rod and how Mr. CJ has been affected, what it, what he's doing to cope with the quarantine sessions and what the band is doing collectively and individually uh, during these times. So, uh, Mr. CJ, how are we doing? I mean, we're doing all right. You know, we had quite a few shows lined up this month. Uh, specifically because our album just released on the 13th of this month. Um, you know, we had South by Southwest and Austin and all that got canceled. So we, we had ordered merch, we had ordered a bunch of CDs. So, you know, we invested a bunch of money and now we kind of sit on that, trying to sell some stuff online and then kind of just sitting and waiting until we know what we can do. You know, we're, we're not even practicing right now. We're all, uh, you know, staying apart, doing our social distancing and, uh, yeah, just trying to hope things can go back to normal sooner rather than later. 
Yep, I definitely, I definitely can understand that. I just got off the phone with uh, Brian of Altermind, and he's, you know, they're kind of an interesting setup because they're a three-piece instrumental, and they do pretty much everything remotely anyway. So they haven't, they haven't been really, I don't want to say negatively affected, um, but overall, he said that they are relatively on the same, on the same course as which they were before. So as far as uh bury the rod is concerned, since you guys practice in person um, and all that jazz, what is, what is bury the rod doing or what are the individual members doing um, to, to further, I guess, to keep, to keep bury the rod relevant, not saying you guys aren't, but just to keep in the social space of everybody else. I mean, I don't know right now, to be perfectly honest, everyone's just trying to practice their stuff and I, like I said we just released a new album so everyone's just rehearsing that we're trying to push that as much as we can right now um, since we know everyone's at home anyways or at least the majority of people are so we've just been trying to push the content we already have with which is the album we just dropped we got a few uh, <clears throat> streaming videos we had plans to be working on multiple music videos at this point or in the near future. And now that's kind of, you know, uh, out the window, been nullified, <laughs> not in the cards at the <laughs> moment. Um, you know, we have one, uh, one playthrough, I think that we're going to be releasing, uh, relatively soon, but yeah, otherwise as, as funny as it sounds, we're honestly working on new music as well, you know, and doing what for me, it's a little harder compared to the rest of the guys to, to practice at home. I don't know. It's hard for me to practice acoustically. It's just, if you're a vocalist, you kind of know it's just weird sometimes. I can, right. but I don't, prefer, I don't prefer it. That's for sure. Um, so I'm sure all the other guys are at home playing, playing the album and trying to stay fresh on that. And then I think I've heard for sure Jeremy and I know Dean is just a, uh, a writing machine. So he's got some songs he's working on. Jamie's got some, and then hopefully uh, working on some new music before too long. Once this is all over with, maybe have some demos before it's over with. Evening, some teasers, maybe. Yep. So we'll see. You know, just doing what you can during this crazy time of having to be locked in at home is everything besides essential is closed so um yeah so hopefully let's, uh, uh, we'll have some stuff to release i mean i like i i know you guys uh, that, that's one of the cool things that i like about doing doing this is that I get to see a little bit of the inside scoop on what the local bands are doing and i gotta say i know i mean for example, I, I think I'm going to call Hunter or maybe Brit um, in Chernobyl, but like you guys practice religiously. Um, as far as Barry the Rod's practice sessions go, like you said, you guys are social distancing and stuff, which is good. You guys are heeding the, you know, you're taking it seriously and whatnot. Um, but how how has this affected CJ the person? I mean, honestly, I'm kind of an introvert anyway, so it hasn't affected too much except for the one thing that I go out to do, which is play shows, is com- or go <laughs> attend them. It's completely gone. So You're like, my I've life is over. Video games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't even practice, you know? 
as that's my what I look forward to every week because I practice three time three three days out of the week with between both bands. So you know that's a pretty heavy part of my routine. So right. and honestly, that's part of like my uh, workout routine too, so to speak. So I, I really can, have I to. See that get on i've been trying to walk my dog more you know father oh. walks around the neighborhood oh betty yep she's actually asleep right next to me hey for those that you don't know <laughs> betty is an amazing animal got a got a pretty smile the prettiest <laughs> but yeah i mean the biggest thing lately is i've been i wanted to see my mom and my sister and shit and i really as much as i would like to i'm not going to my mom you know on the not old side but older than me so she definitely needs to stay safe and she's a school teacher so like oh wow i don't know when she's gonna get to go back to work like she doesn't know when she like what's all happening with that so i just wish i could go see her and my and the the rest of my family but otherwise you know kind of business as usual i'm usually stay at home body work from home so it's not really uh affecting me terribly um i'm more worried about some of my friends that from musicians to you know service industry that are losing tours and losing jobs not knowing when they'd be able to work again so i feel more for those people and then man i can't even begin to think about and uh give gratitude to all the people that are like working straight through all this. I order food on a regular basis. You know, all the people at the grocery stores that have worked long hours, it's pretty, you know, nothing too crazy to me, but everything that those people are having to deal with is probably a lot, a lot worse. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been following a couple, uh, a couple different pages on social media as far as doctors are concerned. And these people are telling some grim stories like up in New York, they had to, uh, bring in tractor trailer trucks, uh, because the morgue was overfilled. And so they had to bring in refrigerated trucks just to store bodies in New York. Like to me, that is just, that's insane. That's crazy. That is insane. I, I, I saw something just earlier today that in Florida, they're making all of the fucking, uh, I need to quit swearing. Uh, they uh, have all the uh, cruise ships staying like right off. They won't let them come in, even if they have dead or sick passengers. They say they have to just stay. What? You know, they can't, they won't let them come in and dock and unload. Like they have to stay out there and, and fit and, you know, wait indefinitely. Uh, I'm going to look this up right now. I got the computer right in front of me. I'll look up cruise ships. Um, but yeah, it's in uh, Florida specifically, I believe. And they're one of the last states to go on a shelter in place, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure about that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Let's see. Cruise ships. Cruise ship passengers desperately plead from Florida to allow them in. This is on NBC News. Uh, the headline, like I said, is cruise ships passengers desperately plead with Florida to allow them in. More than 1,400 passengers are now pleading with Florida to allow them in, but officials say the state simply does not have the resources to take on the extra burden. Now, I know that you uh, you just gave a shout out to all of the uh, industry workers here that have either lost their job and laid off or, or something to that effect. Um, 
and and I know South by killing South by for Austin is kind of like a double edged sword because you got all the locals that are like, yeah, fuck South by, let me just keep living my life. And then there's people like yourself and all the other people that we know that are like, no, bring South by here because we had a massive, massive party planned on March 19th with, uh, with, uh, Dave Dickens and fire from the gods, which that dude, as far as like local shows to look forward to, that was by far one of my most, like I had taken off work that day and the next day I had all my gear ready to go so we could come down there and live stream it and, you know, just push out the content and then it just kind of scrapped. So, I mean, like, I honestly, it had been years since I had even participated in anything South by related, you know? So like, this is the first time in a long time I was like, Dude, South by tight. I just, I had been like a week before I had just gotten back from tour. So I was like, I got a week of rest. And then, and I had the double duty with both bands for the show on the 19th. We were talking about yep. and a few other shows. So I was, I was hyped for the first time on South by in a long time. And then while we're on tour, I like I was in the band and I think I was in the band or somewhere. And I, I saw it and I, I told everyone, I was like, Hey guys, South by canceled <laughs> you, you were the one that broke the news to everybody yeah yeah i was like hey guys <laughs> oh, uh, south by's canceled <laughs> i could just see graham turn around looking at you like what well see and that was it's so insane to see where we're at now because you know we were on the road it's crazy to think that this whole covid19 started literally uh right at the end of last year so like it's yeah. been going on for a minute and you know i wasn't really taking it super seriously you know for a minute until you know we were on the road and we were not able to like buy some things like uh you know things were already selling out and i was like that's weird because i didn't even like make the connection at the time yeah it didn't register i was just trying to buy uh i was just trying to buy uh isopropyl alcohol and it was so I couldn't buy it the entire tour, which was you know uh, March. I don't even remember. It was the first two weeks of March, so like it was already things were already selling out then. And I'm just well, let's it's talk. Crazy. It's been going. Let's let's uh, that long. let's talk about your tour. You guys did a two week West Coast run. Yes. How how to let, let's let's do this. Let, and and you can and you can chime in if you want. Um, I just know I'm always curious. What was the best and what was the worst? And it can and it can be anything. You can't you know not not like best venue, worst venue, like best experience, worst experience. Like oh, I had explosive diarrhea on the way to show X or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was definitely an eventful tour. I'll, I'll uh, give you that. Um, it started out with. The first date was in um, Denver, Colorado. So we drove about Solid. half of the way the day before the show. Uh, we woke up in, uh, I think we were in Albuquerque. No, no, excuse me, Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo. We woke up in Amarillo, Texas, and we had to drive to uh, Denver that day. And Hunter had been driving the whole time and he woke up after very few hours of sleep and then got in the van and started driving us to Colorado. To get to Colorado, no problem. We have an Airbnb for Denver uh, because 
I have a handful of friends up there and we wanted like a spot to hang out and chill and yeah. be able to enjoy ourselves before, before and after the show, especially because we love Denver for many reasons. Um, <laughs> so we, 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 we get to the, we get to the B and B. We all like are walking in. We're like throwing snowballs beforehand. Cause there was like a bunch of snow on the ground still. Cause it snowed recently. And, uh, we all get inside and maybe like five minutes into it. I'm just like, man, I'm not, I don't feel very good. I'm like, well, drink some water and chill, man. Cause we were literally about to go, uh, get free food from an establishment in Denver that free, uh, feeds touring bands for free. So we oh, wow. were, they were really, really excited. About really it. hospitable to you guys. Hospitable to you guys. So we're really excited about that. So we're like, all right, man, we'll go drink some water, lay down. I'm sure you'll be fine in a few. And uh, that is the exact opposite of what happened. <laughs> Turns out. He got, worse. <laughs> he got worse and worse. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you were fine. Like, literally when we got here. And now, like, you know, he was, he was really, like, getting sweaty and hot. He had threw up and, like, shit like a bunch and then uh sorry Hunter. shortly after that start uh my my friends from uh from there show up to hang out and stuff and chill and they see what's going on and they're like oh he's got altitude sickness and and at first you know hunter because he was all sick and, and messed up he was like well are you sure do you know and it's like my buddy it was a snowboard instructor, so like he he see, he's seen it before. He's like, "Yeah, dude, did you drink water today? Did you eat today?" And we went from you know no elevation to major elevation. He didn't drink barely any water, hadn't eaten that day, so like he just got so ridiculously dehydrated. He had to go to the ER. Wow. We and this is before we have a show in like four or five hours. Um. So he goes to the ER. The rest of us are just chilling, chilling. We're like, what the fuck? And um, we have to go to the show, obviously. So we go to the show. We unload everything, go set up our merch and shit. But we tell them, like, hey, we're, we're probably not going to play because our lead guitarist is in the ER. We don't know when, when he's going to be able to leave or if he's even going to be able to perform when he's done. So, yeah, long story short, he was not ready by the time we played. He had so, to get two bags of saline that he took like like a champ, and uh, it actually timed <laughs> out to where we did play, and it was really weird because we didn't have our lead guitarist Hunter there, and uh, we play, and then we go home, and he literally gets there like with his Uber from the hospital, like right as we get there, and basically by the next day, he, he's like, I mean, we played the show the next day, so he was well enough by the next day to do things so that's how tour started and then we play the second show and then on the night that we're playing the second show a fucking blizzard hit and we're in colorado springs at this time and our next show is in uh, salt lake city which was like i think it was like a nine hour drive or something like that damn but the way you get there is you drive north into wyoming and then you, you go through the bottom of Wyoming and then you drop down to go to Salt Lake because if you just go west from where we would have been, we would have had to drive straight through the mountains. And uh, that was not what we were trying to do. <laughs> like, we're 
Come well, on a trailer. Like, yo, I don't have chains for my tires, so let's not go that route. We actually did. Oh, you but <laughs> Okay. Still didn't, still didn't want to want to do that. I mean, and that, the other band we're with wouldn't have made the drive either. They were in a a bus like uh, the Ansible used to have the Anza bus. They were driving something like that, which and it was breaking down left and right. So oh, they were short like, bus? Yeah, we're not doing that. So we had to cancel the next show and then make a huge detour that took two days to get to our our next show, which was in somewhere Sacramento, I think. So, but I mean, overall. It was decent. It was it was a good tour, good run. Oh yeah, we had a blast. You know that was like I said, that was literally the first four days. <laughs> you know, we had over a week and a half of tour after that. Things tended to even out after that. You know, um, California was fun. The best show of tour was in California in Bakersfield, which is like a small town in the desert in California, and it was such a fun show. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was great. You know. I'm telling you about all the bad stuff that happened, but you know, that's honestly part of tour. <laughs> so I'm not like telling you this stuff and like, man, tour sucks. It was like, you know, that when you're with your homies, you got to overcome and take care of that stuff. So it's, it's, you know, that's all honestly part of it. You know, there's other stuff that happened too. We had to change like, uh, trailer fire at one point, you know, but. Oh yeah. You were telling me about that. Uh, I remember, uh, it's something about a, uh, I can't remember that it was it you that texted me or somebody texted me or I saw a picture online. And it was like, well, here we are. And just blown out. Or maybe it was pops. Pops might've told me about it. I can't remember, but was it just a trail? Was it just a tire that blew out on the, uh, the coming tour trailer? No, we have our own trailer now. Oh, yeah, that's right. The fender, the fender was loose and you know, uh, it had like come loose more than we knew. And it had just been riding on the top of the tire and there was, screws that were pointing down out of the top of it. Uh. It, just, it it was it had gotten just to the wire when we had when we pulled it off. So like if we had kept driving another, you know, handful of miles it probably would have had a blow, blow out, out on it for sure. But um so yeah, all in all, I mean we sold merch, we we played shows. Honestly one of my favorite things about being on tour is is seeing new bands and discovering new bands that are that are on it. Um, there's two bands specifically that we got to play with. Um, both of who were on tour, they weren't actually local bands where we played. So that was also cool. But, um, when the broken burn, they're from Oregon. I don't remember specifically where, but if you're in the heavy, heavy music where the kids like beat each other up in the pit, that, that would be the kind of music you would listen to. So check them out. And then we, uh, when we were in San Diego, we played with another band called Mark Life, and they were really awesome as well. So if you're listening, go check out those bands. They're, they're tight. I'm heading to their page right now. Oh, and we've just hit like and follow. Wow, that looks like a pretty serious group right there. This was this, Win the Broken? Win the Broken Burn? Okay. Yeah, they're heavy. Um, but yeah, it was all in all, tour is always fun as long as you're... Uh, None of us uh, got sick either. The other band seemed sick the whole time, which sounds sketchy considering what's going on at the time. But yeah, um, they were all fine, you know. So we were just like, "Hey, you guys want to stay in your van? We don't want to get sick." <laughs> stay away. Hunter tends to get sick every tour. Maybe he's just got a weak immune know. system. 
maybe I won't say on here what we were calling him for days after the whole altitude <laughs> thing that happened. I'll have to get that one in person. <laughs> hey, oh, so lots of names. so um so what's on uh what's on the I know that we kind of briefly touched on what's up for Barry the Rod, but um as far as writing new music, I know that you guys are shooting some videos. Um, I, and you actually pushed me to get on the ball with the, uh, guitar playthrough for crux, which, uh, I appreciate. I've dove, dove into the Adobe platform, YouTube fucking university for the past like two hours. And I finally think I found the, I guess, proper application to do what I need to do. Um, but as far as, as far as Barry, the rod is concerned in the three to six month time frame, what are we looking at? And hopefully, uh, a couple music videos, you know, we're not, we don't want to, we'll probably start pre-production on all these new songs that we're working on, but you know, we just released a new album. So we're not, don't expect any new music because we got to make you, re, uh, uh, remember all the words to the album we just released. So you just come, uh, here's here's a new album. Three months later, here's another new album. Like, well, I haven't even learned the first two lyric videos. Like, what's happening here? Exactly, exactly. So, but and then just getting better, you know. Like, it's, we're all gonna be rusty coming out of this self quarantine, you know. Well, I want to say all of us. Dean is probably literally toiling away on his drum set right now <laughs> like it never stops i need to call but, him and get uh, more than six words out of him good luck yeah seriously hashtag rest in peace <laughs> um but uh but no i i can honestly say that you know i've been a fan of bury the rod since relatively from the beginning i, I know we've spoke multiple times you're kind of one of the go-to people to to come on the show and and uh, say what's up and hang out. Um, but I, I can't honestly say that I've seen your guys's progression over the years to go from a three piece to a four piece to a five piece and just, you know, grow and grow and grow. And you guys are laying down some excellent music, like crux crux to me. And it is it, it, just, it's mind boggling, even though it is very simple at its core. So, uh, I guess, uh, to, to, to kind of round out the episode, um, uh, as far as crux is concerned, what was, what was the, uh, the strategy on coming up with that and like the writing process and so on and so forth? Well, honestly, um, Dean wrote a majority of the album, um, himself. That's everything, not just drums. So... I personally am not sure on that track. I know that he wrote like the chunk, a good chunk of the songs. And then Jeremy would come out and, you know, round them out and make them, you know, maybe change them up just a little bit to, you know, adjust the playability for himself and things like that. Since he would be actually playing them. Yep. And then on lyrics, I honestly, when we were wor working on this, I was doing tours with Chernobyl and writing new music for that as well so I think I did half of the songs on the new album and Jeremy wrote the other half okay um and Crux is one of the ones that he wrote um actually but as far as the writing process you know that's you're asking the wrong guy I just yell <laughs> hang up the phone call someone else 
<laughs> I use I'm I'm the one that tells them if I think it sounds stupid or if it sounds awesome, and and then I say, "Cool, well, I'll start yelling over it soon." Do that, you? That's what I do. I I feel like there that every band has like anywhere from three to five homies that they'll shop out new music to, especially a rough edit, um, to get some feedback. Do you have said those said people? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, there's that. Um, probably you, and uh, it's easier for me since I'm in both bands, so I can be like, "Oh, hey, check out what this band's doing." Yo, hey, peep dude, this. What do you think? What this band's doing? So I can go to one <laughs> practice and show the other band what I'm doing with the other one. But you know, I have a few a few friends. Um, I'm good. Uh, Justin from Colorblind is a good buddy of mine. Oh, I'll, Jay I'll Page. Stuff occasionally, um, to, you know, because, you know, if you're a musician, you know that you can literally have a completed, 100% completed song for months before you even release it. So sometimes you're just like, man, I want someone, I need, need a little validation that this, this is awesome. This is good. So, you know, you got to send it to a few of your friends, especially if they're, they're fellow musicians. And the fact that Justin plays a bit of a, a, a different uh, type of music, I definitely like yeah. that input as well. So, no, I can I can definitely understand yeah, that. Usually, just a, yeah, yeah, because I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be at work or at a venue or here locked in the closet, and I'll have an idea. I'll shoot it out to like three or five people and be like, Hey, what do you think about this idea? Or what do you think about this track? Or what do you think about this episode? And I, and like you said, you're kind of looking for that validation. And, you know, I actually, I shop it out to people that typically wouldn't like what I'm doing because if I can convince them, then I know that I've got that demographic plus. And I can only imagine how hard it is for a band like, you know, uh, especially like, if you're, if you're, I don't want to say if you're stuck in one genre, but if you kind of fall into said genre, you would primarily yeah. shop it out to people that are in that genre first to say, Hey, does this fit? Is this cool? Is this tight? But I do think that everybody should, you know, for lack of a better word, shop it out to, uh, like you said, you, you, you send stuff over to Justin who's in colorblind and I've known Justin almost probably as long as I've known you back when he was in taking on Poseidon. Um, and you know, I, I'm happy to see that he he's doing, you know, he's doing good things, uh, with colorblind, but, um, but yeah, it, it is, it is really, it is really, I think it's a part of the, the writing process in itself is to, you know, hand it off to a couple people and say, what do you think about this? Like whenever you shot me back the kind of edited notes for the playthrough, I was like, fuck, I didn't even think about that. And so now that's why I've dug into, you know, YouTube university to try and figure out a couple things, uh, which I think I yeah, have. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes you get so deep into a song or project that, you know, you almost become blind to certain parts because you hyper-focus on certain areas. So they mean that it's always nice to have someone that's got a clean perspective and can be like, Oh yeah, you know, here and here. And that's what I try to do. You know, it's what we do in the, in the jam room too. And things like that when we're writing new music, you know, constructive criticism, you know, tell what's going right and what's not working, you know, and go from there. Right. Well, sir, 
any final words for the people that might listen to this? There's no guarantees, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, all I got to say for everyone is stay the F inside and social distance. And, you know, we'll get through this stuff uh, as soon as we can so we can get back to uh, seeing each other at shows and playing music and, and living our lives like we want to be. So if you're listening, thanks again. Go listen to my bands as well. Fairy the Rod and Chernobyl the Secret. Oh, I was going to say, uh, one thing I asked Brian, um, given that we can't go to a show and that money is tight for pretty much a gabillion people in the United States, <laughs> how do you think that people that are strapped for money and obviously we can't go to a show. What do you think is the best way for fans or people that just generally want to support local music or musicians in general um, during times like this? Yo, right now is literally the easiest thing, easiest time to do this. We go watch all their music videos and go listen to all their music. Like, and you know, if you if you happen to have cash, buy merch from your favorite band you know that that's that's how things merch is going to be the number one go buy merch and merchandise from your favorite bands if you don't have money go listen to their their songs and go watch their music videos that's the best way to support them you're stuck at home anyways crank on the speakers turn it way up and jam some music jam all your favorite bands turn it up bitches <laughs> sorry <laughs> I just loaded that onto the sample pad and it took me an hour to figure it the fuck out. So I wanted to use it. <laughs> but um, CJ, as always, you're my dude. Uh, I appreciate your time. And I, I, I look forward. Like one thing that I have come to realize uh, in my time of seclusion here, locked in the closet and my house that I desperately miss the interaction with people. I think that it is wild that in, you know, one of the most powerful countries in the world, we have been reduced to doing stuff like this. But I think that just goes to show that we are diligent. We are, you know, persistent in continuing our passions and our projects. And I just wanted to say to you, thank you very much for the phone call. Um, and I hope that Barry the Rod, uh, I, I don't think, I know Barry the Rod is going to come out swinging because, I mean, you guys are just one of the staples of the local Austin music scene. And I'm going to say in that as a fan, not as a friend. Um, and I hope, I hope to see a lot more come out of Barry the Rod's, uh, you know, live performances and social media presence as well. We appreciate that so much, man. You know, we, we don't plan on going anywhere, so the support means a lot. We'll, we're going to keep grinding, so look forward to new shit from us at some point. All right. Well, this is uh, going to wrap up our interview with uh, CJ from Barry the Rod. Catch all their stuff. Hit them up on the social medias. They are Barry, B-U-R-Y-T-H-E-R-O-D, all three words. Spell it out. If you can't spell, hit me up. I'll give you a link. <laughs> all right, man. Well, CJ, you take it easy, bud, and I'll call you in a little bit. All right, later, bud. All right, later, man. 